everyone, Frank and Derek back again, a Slaughterland movie podcast, and we like to thank one of our Patreons for suggesting, because you actually won a raffle, of which uh, movie you like to see us do of your pick, of the best and worst of. And he decided to give us three options, like I just said, and one of them was Lost Boys. How could we not do Lost Boys? Lost Boys is getting a resurgence. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's the reason why over here Hot Topics started. One of the stores, it's like one of your Doc Martin stores with all the funky clothing and boots and, you know, <laughs> the, the clash. Yeah, <laughs> they, but I, don't, I look at this and I just see a lot of hair metal. I just see a lot of kind of trickster and slaughter and, you know, that kind of look. Men who are prettier than the women. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but a good movie, a good vampire movie. It is. A classic Fun. 80s vampire movie. But felt ahead of its time. Felt re- I mean, you look at some films like Chopping Mall came out probably around the same sort of time. When you look at the quality of that to the quality of this, there's just no comparison at all, is there? Well, it had a big studio backing it. and uh, it, it did, but, you know... It's, Jerry? Jerry directed it? Uh, it was... Um, oh God, Schumacher. Uh, Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher, that's right. Jerry? Jerry, I was going to say Jerry Goldsmith. <laughs> He's directed stuff too. Yeah, but you also had Richard Donner behind it as well, and mm-hmm. it does have his kind of sheen over it as well. So, you know, that's, that's great. I, just watching it again today, it just brought back so many great memories. And, you know, it looks and sounds amazing almost, what, 35 years ago? Mm-hmm. 35 years later? Yep. I, um, I have... Uh I got to ask you a question really quick, though. How mm. many times have you uh, thought about greasing yourself up and uh, playing a saxophone uh, throughout your life after watching? Stop a it! Movie? You're going to spoil some of this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I've actually seen, ladies and gentlemen, when I was down in uh, Florida at the Panhandle. Those of you who live down there in the Panhandle would know there's a lot of, uh, let's just say, gentlemen clubs uh, for men to go and watch um, uh, dance sessions. And one of the best uh, uh, shows I ever seen was a girl pouring hot candle wax all over her to cry, little sister. <laughs> My God! And blacklight. Talk about oh. art. Excellent. Anyway, what's happened to Loomis? Uh, Loomis is in the background, uh, you know, leering at Sheriff Meeker's daughter because, it, remember, in part five, he's the only one who remembers any of the victims your own daughter you know, that's what he was looking at in part four uh but when i put it in the background it looks like uh you know either she grew or uh he's loomis is person. her son <laughs> mini like, loomis there you go little guy come on we better crack on yeah we better cause glad this is only for the patreons yeah, uh, yeah. Patreons. it's not okay. this is going out everywhere oh damn okay so uh, let me clean this up a little bit <laughs> who is your best character now in the lost boys um best character in this is max played by edward herman um okay. right from the first time that i saw um this film i was instantly drawn to him there was a, there was there was something about him that kind of that's sort of magnetic that draws you in and it's what we were talking about on the Facebook group the other day. We were doing a cast this um, of who you would get to play Connell Cochran in at the new Halloween, if they do a new Halloween 3. Um, and it has to be somebody who's genuinely kind of inviting, but has a kind of edge to them. Mm-hmm. 
and that with a flick of a look can just completely change. And that's what you get from Ed Herman in this film. You know, somebody who's incredibly warm, genteel, but then with just one look can completely transform the way that he looks at people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just thought he was kind of mesmerizing in this film, more so than any of the other characters in it. Um, because there was something really, I don't know, there was something something really fatherly about him, even though the kids didn't want to know him. But and the moment that you actually, I mean, you kind of suspect something throughout with him, but the moment that he does turn, uh, it's it, it, it shocked me as a kid. It really did. Yeah, he's a, he's a surprise at the end. Um, yeah, but I didn't think he was a, a a bad guy to begin with until you know the shock. Uh, but um, I can see why you picked Max. Hmm. Um, I would have gone that route. Uh, but for me, I would have my best character is uh, David. Yeah, um, they, uh, uh, Kiefer Sutherland steals this movie. He was uh, right. You automatically think he is the leader of this uh, of this band of misfits, uh, oh, this yeah. band of vampires, because he commands such a presence. And uh, he, uh, anytime somebody interacts with him, they couldn't help but gravitate to him. Mm. Um, and he's kind of like this confident soldier almost. It's like yeah, we're going into battle. Even when that the fire, uh, the fire uh, campfire scene uh, on the beach, you know he's there laughing and everything as he's as he turned into a vampire uh, in front of Michael, and then he switches to this evil entity that's going to go feed. Yeah, yeah. No, you know I'd not really know much about Kurt, uh, Kurt Russell. I'd not really know much about um, Keith Sutherland um, at this point. I can't remember what he was in before this. Um, maybe Stand, Stand By, by me. me? Yeah, yep. Stand By Me, that was it. But this really, I think, put him on the map, didn't it? And then from yes. here onwards, you know, he ended up in things like Flatliners. And um, what was the thing he did with Lou Diamond Phillips? Young Guns. There was Young Guns, but also he did, like, um, where he was his partner, Um Ah, God, now there were a couple of... Co- Renegades. Mm. Do you remember that? Yep. I think it was Lou Diamond Phillips. I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. All of a sudden, he was getting all these meaty roles, all these great big kind of, you know, action pictures and everything. And, yeah, to re- and it was so cool that later on in life that he got to... He got this huge career resurgence with 24, which I always loved. I thought was terrific. Right, great green. hair in this one, too, right? Great mullet. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay, okay. great. <laughs> Um, who is your worst character? David's mullet. <laughs> How could I be a... How dare you, Darren? It's a great it's, set of hair. We, we need to have a conversation about the mullets in this film, because it's not just David. It's it's Michael, it's Barco, it's Dwayne, it's all of them, the Frog Brothers. They're all rocking a mullet. And if anything dates this movie, it's just the haircuts, which I think David's is the king of them all, though, isn't it? That really kind of short sides thing and the long kind of bit rat's taily sort of hair down the, the side. Spikes, spiky hair in the yeah, front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of, um, it's almost sort of Joe Elliott-esque from Def Leppard in the late 80s. He was rocking a bit of a hairdo like that. Um, but yeah, shocking barnets. We call them barnets in the UK. I don't know if you. It's another rhyming slang thing. It's yeah. you know, barnet fair hair. Um, shocking hairdos. <laughs> 
So yeah, I really couldn't pick a worse character in this film because I think it's one of those movies that I look upon as being almost perfect. Mm-hmm. And um, there wasn't really a character that I thought that annoyed me. I'm not that big on Alex Winter in this, I'll be honest, but I felt bad for picking him. Um, but yeah, I'm going to stick with the, 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 the haircuts are a character within themselves, so I'm going to uh, leave it at that. I, I'm going to disagree with you because I could appreciate it if I had a hair. <laughs> Mullet or... Did you ever have Corn a rose? No, I barely have what I have now. <laughs> me and Loomis are kindred spirits. Uh, for me, I'm going to pick one of the Fog, bro- uh, one of the Fog brothers, uh, one of the Frog brothers, uh, Alan, uh, just because uh, he, he's kind of an annoying little. I don't know if he's older or younger. In the chat, will let me know. Uh, I would think. Uh, Is that the nook? Yeah, it's the nook. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I can listen. I can get through this. Uh, Edgar is, uh, I believe, Corey Feldman's brother. Uh, Corey Feldman's character. While Alan is the dark-haired one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. He just came off to me looking like a bully. Uh, hmm. Doesn't doesn't say too much. But I can understand. But I know a lot of people like the fo- the, the frog mothers, but the frog mothers. I can't even say it right. The frog how, mothers. The frog. The frog mothers. Uh, the f. The, the yeah. The f and mothers. Uh, no, but you know, for me, it's it's Alan Frog. Uh, just because I just don't like the way he looks. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. No. 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 He, I, I know what you mean. He's certainly not the most memorable character in this film at all, yeah. is he? I mean, he doesn't stand out, uh, and rightfully so as well. You know, because it's it's the two Corey's movie, um, but it's and Kiefer's. Um, but it. But yeah, he he is more. He has more of a backseat than um, he doesn't really have any great lines or anything like that. Not much of a presence. I think Corey Feldman was such a great actor as a kid. That he just dominates him all the time. I think this is the first time they're together, the two Corys. Would it be? I think, yeah, because you had this, you had License to Drive, you had Dream a Little Dream, was it, yeah. I think? Um, what else? I think this is the first time they were together. Yeah. I think, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, correct us if we're wrong, but I think uh, this was. And that mm. was the whole start of the Cory Cory uh Craze and some you guys had those teeny bopper bubblegum magazines back then, right? Or all Probably. the I, not that I was buying them, no, neither would I. But it's, <laughs> it's it's usually they would have you know 17 or 16 magazine right next to Fangoria in the same section. You're like, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. what are you doing? Get this over there, that's crap <laughs> with a free hair clip, yeah, oh. <laughs> with a headline. Sorry, does I'm he, going on about does hair he again, like you the way you want him to? <laughs> yeah. Christ. And then you read it, you're like, I wonder if I could pick some some hints in this. Uh, All right, your best line. Best line. This whole movie is, I think, is one great line. Um, But I want to talk specifically about the soundtrack to this film. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to single out any particular, because there are so many, so many. I mean, well, the one that stayed with me most from when I first was Maggots, Michael. Maggots. Um, mm. But... The soundtrack to this film, wow. I mean, 
one of the greatest soundtracks of all time from yes. the moment yeah from the moment it hits the screen that kind of panning shot of, of of Santa Carla with cry little sister playing as the as the camera swoops in and then you've got you know the people are strange and and um uh, the Lost Boys, and and then you have um, I Still Believe, and it just goes on and on and on. It, it's it's one of, like the Top Gun soundtrack. It just mm-hmm. has so many damn hits on it, um, and still sells well now. It's uh, it's incredible, great soundtrack. The NXS track with Jimmy Barnes as well. Mm. Good times, totally amazing soundtrack for this film. Really is a little bit of Aerosmith in there as well. Mm. Walk this way, yeah, you yeah. Know. Uh, yeah, but you know, um, Tim Capella, right, is the sex, uh, the sexy saxophone man. You you can't he, wait to talk about yeah, it. Uh, he's leave it, leave it. <laughs> it's gonna come up. Oh, <laughs> God damn you! I got the oil right next to me. Uh, where is it? It's here somewhere, or here's spray on oil. So we'll get okay. We'll get to it. But for me, um, my best line is coming from Grandpa, who we'll get to him in a minute as well at the end. Um, where he says, well, uh, if all the corpses buried around here were to get up all at once, we have one hell of a population problem. <laughs> Talking about how uh, Santa Carla is the murder capital of the world. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing about Grandpa, is that the, 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 at the end of the movie, when you find out that he's fucking in on it all, you know, he knows what's going on completely with the guys. And, <laughs> and he treats like vampires like they're just like, nuisances yeah, exactly it's like ah the damn vampires <laughs> it's like alien nation isn't it it's just like he's living with them and that's it he, he just accepts it <laughs> do you think now this is the point i was going to make uh, do you think grandpa could have been a vampire hunter back in the past and a totally. prequel and a prequel well, I, movie could have done could have I been totally made. that's what i i took from this was that he has a past with these um, given all the bleeding stakes that he's got li- <laughs> piled up in his garage. He's a taxidermist. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 everything about him um, points to the fact that he probably has some history with vampires, and that's what I kind of like. So, you know, you discover at the end that he's probably some sort of old type, you know, some sort of Van Helsing type character, and the, the family doesn't know that. You know, they stay away from my... Uh... Stay away from the top shelf. That's where I keep my Oreos. <laughs> yeah. Dad, you got it's a TV? A, what does it say on the on the drawer? Fart head or no, was it what does it say? Yeah, fart head. Fart yeah. head or something does <laughs> Old fart. Old fart, that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, Grandpa, you got a TV you got a TV here? No, I got a TV guide. You know what's on TV? <laughs> what's in the TV guide? You don't know you don't have to need a TV. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you TV guy don't need no TV. <laughs> and he uses the Windex as like aftershave. <laughs> he has a bunch of pot plants out the side of his window, you know. But yeah, Grandpa was great. I would think that if if they made a Grandpa prequel, him and Max could have been enemies, and then they lost touch, and then he recognized Max. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a great setup uh, with those with those great comedic lines. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, it's good. I mean, you know, I don't know how old Max was in this. I mean, well, vampires are kind of, you know, ancient, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, but, and bless Ed, Ed Herman, who died not so long ago, I think, didn't he? A few years, yeah. Um, but- yeah, I saw a film recently, which was his last film, and uh, 
yeah, bless him. He, he um, like you say, he was he wasn't as old as you think he is. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that'd be interesting to rather than kind of go forward like they did. I, and I still I'd hold my hands up and admit that I've never seen any of these Lost Boys sequels. I just don't want to. I think agreed. The fact that they came straight to DVD or something like that—they never even saw a theatrical release—tells me everything I need to know. So I just stayed away from them. But you know, back in the late '80s, early '90s, there was always lots of talk about another Lost Boys film, and it may have been interesting to explore what was going on with the town prior to them arriving. You know, with Grandpa and and the likes of Max. It would it be funny if we knew that uh, he was the reason why uh, there's a lot of corpses around there between Max and Grandpa? Yeah, absolutely. Like, he, like between the both of them, uh, there's about let's say two to three thousand corpses. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd yeah, be great yeah. to explore that. <laughs> <laughs> and all you see is him drinking beer, uh, uh, drinking YooHoo, and eating Oreos all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, okay, your worst line. This is hard. This is this hard. This was hard. And we have to talk about this beforehand because, you know, it, it's, it's it's difficult to find a line. And I think I'll settle on um, the. And it's, and it's not really a bad line, but it's all I could really think about. Um, and it's, it, it's some of those kind of cheesy exchanges between the Frog Brothers and, mm-hmm. and Sam or even the Frog Brothers between themselves. And there's a bit in the comic store at the start when um, Edgar says to Sam, where are you from, Krypton? <laughs> like discussing the Superman comic. Yeah, so yeah, they're fiddling with the comic books and how you're supposed to put certain comic books where. Yeah, because yeah. you can't release a. Because he says you can't release, you know, a certain Superman before this Superman because it hasn't even been introduced yet. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. there's some of us that are out there that are really into comic books. They really know our stuff, but yeah, it's just. You know these these frog brothers, and, and you know my worst line is uh, great. The blood sucking Brady bunch. You know, also said by um, <laughs> by uh, Alan, no Edgar, Edgar uh, Frog, and um, they just have these 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 comic lines, but they come off like they're these great vampire hunters, uh, and yet they are just as scared as anybody else when it comes to it. Yeah, no, and agree, yeah. I think they've never staked a vampire in their life. Until yeah. this movie, yeah, and I don't even think they—they they don't believe they believe they want to believe there's vampires, but they've no evidence of that whatsoever. Yeah, you know, and when they're faced with it, they're, <laughs> they're terrible, aren't they? They're, they're scared to death. <laughs> um, your best kill? Um, my best kill would have to be—I think it's Max. I think that that <laughs> sequence at the end with the uh, all right, all right. Oh, hold on. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Calm yourself. Um, it's that sequence at the end where the truck comes in and all the stakes come flying off the wall and just spear him into the fire or whatever it is. Um, but, yeah, no, I think it, it's a slow-motion kill. looks great. And, uh, yeah, I also, enjoy, I also enjoyed the holy water in the bathtub as well, which I thought was, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. So. Yeah. A, a, lot of, a lot of good kills in this, uh, but my favorite is Marco. Uh, just because uh, when they stake them for the first time and then all the vampires wake up, all the blood that's falling on top of them as they're <laughs> screaming, and then yeah. David's chasing them, and you he grabs Sam by the foot, and they pull him into the sunlight, and uh, um, he burns a little bit, but then David breaks the fourth wall, 
mm-hmm. looks at the camera and cries because it hurts. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe because he's crying because of Marco. Could be. Uh, it's either or. That's 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 really interesting, that shot when they zoom in on David and that and you get his that tear coming down. Mm-hmm. That's really well staged. Because like, obviously it's not CG, it's genuine. Um, I just, uh, just watching that again today, I thought, wow, that pan-in shot on his face there when the tear drops is is great. Because they are a family, aren't they? The, mm. Aren't they, these vampires? Yeah. And that's what Max's whole thing was to tell his boys, turn Michael and Sam so, uh, so their mother can come over to me. And she has no choice. We want to be one big happy family. Your boys, you know, and my boys. Yeah. Uh, but when all of his boys die, Max is just like, oh, I'm so sorry. It wasn't supposed to be like this. Because <laughs> we don't know how old uh, his boys are. They're not. Te- no, I, don't, I don't think they're technically his boys. You know, they could be. I don't know. He could have had them. I was going to say, are they his victims? Yeah, they possibly. I so. Granted, you know, that's why we need a prequel. Mm. Um, you know, I was just remembered I could have picked uh, Laddie as my worst character, but I don't have too much luck with kids, do I? <laughs> yeah, stay away from that. Yeah, I'm staying away from that. <laughs> All right, your weakest kill or worst kill? Worst kill, I mean, again, it's a struggle to kind of nitpick here and find one, but I guess I like the sequence at the start where the where Officer Vernon Beasley... Pick, you know, uh, uh, confronts the, the the vampires, the kids at the at the fairground, and sends them on their way. But the the, <laughs> the scene where he's kind of lifted out of the car and taken away, I just thought was well, which one of those guys would be able to pick him up? <laughs> A couple of them, maybe. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, I'm nitpicking here, and I, I couldn't really choose, and just to, for the sake of. You know, calling out a worst kill, I would say that was probably my the one that I was kind of least interested in. Yeah, um, uh, for me, it's I'm sorry, it's Max. Um, and the and the reason why I picked Max is because he's the head vampire. He's supposed to be the strongest. And Grandpa kills him with a stake. You know, driving his jeep right through a wall. You would think that Michael would had well. Michael tried to take him out but it was too overpowering star tried to take him out we don't see her turn at all which is kind of ridiculous it would have been funny if laddie jumped on his uh jumped on his back and started gnawing at the back of his neck (laughs) you know it'd have been nice to see if he's supposed to be the head vampire you're supposed to have at least like four people go up against him like they did in dracula yeah it was harker and uh edward and quincy Quincy's the one who actually stabbed him with his big buck knife. Hmm. Uh, that one I would like to see, but to go out with uh, you know a little La Cucaracha air horn and a big steak uh, going through and exploding. La Cucaracha air horn. <laughs> it was an epic death. Uh, it was, for it was you, well okay. staged, I thought. Uh, you know, you know, <laughs> our grandpa saying, "I finally got you, you son of a bitch," or something like that. You know, but. You're a head vampire. It was over pretty quickly. Uh, David and Michael's uh, encounter would lasted pre- lasted a while, uh, but it was epic. Mm. Uh, this wasn't too epic. I'm sorry. It was okay. blah. It was well, boring I'm, to me. I'm sorry as well. well good. <laughs> we agreed on something. Okay, your best moment. Another difficult Be- one. Best moment. Do you know what the best moment for me is in this film? And it's not any kind of 
um, set piece or anything like that, or character or line. It's just that setting of the beach for that party. It looked like the party to end all parties on that beach. Everybody dancing, everybody having a great time. Tim Capello on the stage, oiled up, playing his bloody saxophone. A great song. Um, dancing around, not one person, not enjoying themselves. This looked like the best party ever. And as a 15-year-old kid, I just wanted to be on that beach with all those people. I just thought it looked terrific. So every time I watch this film, I just look at that beach sequence in awe and think, this looks like the most fun time. (laughs) And, and, And you know what? And Tim has actually soaked up that role for a lot of conventions. Yeah. And, and rightly so. He's he's probably one of the most minor, major character in a horror movie. And yeah. he knows this. And yeah. uh, every time you see that part, you either you know, dance to it or you rewind it to go back and see it again. <laughs> and you can't help but tap your foot and dance with it. You can't. That's the thing. And it always looked like cheese on toast when, when, when it first came out. The way that he's strutting around like he's some sort of... You know, oiled up peacock or something like that. But um, it always he's got the looks, body for it. He could do it. But he has, yeah. He, 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 you know, and, he, and like you say, he's 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 owned it ever since. You know, every time you see him at conventions and things like that, he's he's. Uh, this is from I haven't particular. I haven't seen him myself at a, co- a convention. I know that he goes to conventions and he sells signatures of himself with all that lube on and <laughs> dancing around at card pieces. <laughs> Good for him. And he still looks great now, bless him. Yeah, yeah. You know, a, how many saxophones do you think he's signed in his life? I have no idea. I have or no how many, idea. how many uh, tubs of oil do you think he's <laughs> signed? How many has he got through? <laughs> and he does put on concerts. He does. He was Tina Turner's saxophonist for years, wasn't he? Can you imagine that, you know, that t- Tina's about to go on stage and <laughs> all she can hear is this... What the hell is that? Oh, has Tim's oil been backed in? Yeah. <laughs> Just dubs it on him. <laughs> A hose, they hose him down. <laughs> like, get get this, get Tina out of the, off the stage. She revoked her citizenship. Bring on Tim Capella. <laughs> yeah. No, good for him, I say. I yeah. think, you know, he's 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 dined out on that role for years, and why not? It was a great moment. He's done what, what uh, Tony Moran should have done. Yes, owned it. Yes. Tony Moran would have gone telling everybody that he was one of the Frog Brothers. Yeah, or played every single instrument on that stage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even the girl strung in the fake uh, no-string bass. I agree with you. That's one of the best moments. But for me, I have to pick this. And this is another scene besides the the beach scene uh, that I wait for. And that's uh, Nanook protecting Sam from Michael turning. Mm. Uh, And Nanook is such an awesome character. I just miss that they didn't have the opportunity to have Nanook go against uh, Thorn. Yeah. Yeah. but I don't think they wanted to do that in this movie because this is before CGI. Because imagine, you know, uh, having two dogs go at it. It would have probably brought them up on charges yeah. from the Humane yeah. Association. Yeah. Uh, but Nanook, uh, all of a sudden, you know, Sam's singing. I think he's singing a Bo Diddley song. I think so. 
uh, in the tub and everything. But who wants to shower and take a bath in that that bathroom? You know, the <laughs> floor's all filled with dirt and everything, and you have a stuffed animal staring at you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, you can you can hear the tension uh, from the music as uh, Michael is coming up the steps, the nook turning, and just going ballistic of what's behind the door. Then the door opens up. It's Michael, and the nook just jumps at him. Yeah. Uh, great scene. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Sam coming down and saying, what'd you do to my dog, you asshole? <laughs> He's like, I didn't do anything. He bit me. Well, why would he do that, Mike? Because he was trying to protect you. Great in the nook. And he saved the Frog Brothers, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love no, it's nook. A, another great sequence, yeah, yeah. And then and also the scene when Thorn attacks Diane Weist as well. Oh, That's a God. really tense sequence. Um, another another one of American's moms that I you know look at as I look at Diane Weist as as one of another American mom you know like Dee Wallace yes um, she was great in this film absolutely great um, but there was another thing that I was going to mention which I didn't know and I think when we did we did an audio podcast where we briefly mentioned um, Lost Boys some time ago mm-hmm. and I think it was you that told me that Jason Patrick is Jason Miller's son. From yes. The Exorcist. Yes, that's right. I never knew that until you grandson it to, to me. Jackie Gleason. Wow, I didn't know that either. That He's got is... a lineage, doesn't he? A Hollywood so, lineage. So Jackie Gleason. So Jason Miller's dad is Jackie Gleason. Is that right? I don't think so. I think it's the daughter. The daughter, right? His mother. Okay. I think. Okay. I think. But there. But I do know Jackie Gleason is his grandfather. Wow. King of Hollywood at one time. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine I, having Father Karras as your dad. That's cool. <sighs> that is cool. I know. I know Jason Miller no longer with us, but that is cool to have Father Karras as your dad. Brilliant. You're forgetting about Jackie Gleason again. You know, I don't really know Jackie Gleason apart from the toy. Jackie I was going to bring that up. Really a big wasn't really a big name over here. Yeah, you give, I, was, I just watched the toy. That was just I love that movie. <laughs> but this was fun. I love the Lost, Lost Boys. It was great uh, watching this movie again. It's on now and then on cable. It comes up, mm. uh, and you know what? It's not really a, a heavy rated R, is it for a vampire movie? It's not really much nudity. Um, I think the blood is kind of a different color. Was it than, an R rating? In the, in... I don't. I think so. It's really. very tame, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's because the amount of blood. Hmm. But there's not really much red blood, except for what's in the wine bottle, but that's like liquid. Yeah, yeah. It's not thick or anything, and most of the blood for the vampires are like this brown, transparent Goo. color. Yeah. <laughs> there's a bit when they're upside down and one gets staked, and it's, it's just like Marco, it's yeah. chocolate coming out of it yeah. or something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, jeez. Uh, but... Yeah, this was fun. I'm glad he uh, gave this as one of the options because it was about time we got around to it. It's good. Thanks. Thank you. Again. We've actually got some new Patreons to shout out before we before we go. So here we go. Um, one of the guys in, in our Facebook group who's just constantly memeing the Facebook group uh, with some really funny stuff, a guy called Thomas Labaff, um, <laughs> is now one of our Patreons. So thank you very much, Thanks, uh, Thomas. Um, You've provided hours of entertainment for us already on there. Um, Let's put up some weird shit. <laughs> but you have to work. Listen, for every five that he does, they're all dad jokes. For every five yeah. that he does, there's there's a there's a kind of you know there's a there's a, 
a nice nugget of gold there. So it's it's worth sticking by and watching and waiting for them. Um, and also, um, Kathy Roche. Um, I think it's Roche. Um, Kathy's in Ireland. Uh, Kathy's been following us for for some time now, um, and uh, always very complimentary in our in the comments section. And it's great that she's joined us uh, on our Patreon campaign. So thanks, Kathy. Two more great patrons we've we have added. Excellent. It's a growing family, and uh, you guys and gals matter a lot to us. That's why we do these episodes. Yeah, because uh, we want to give back to you. Because without you, there's no slaughter lamb. Exactly. And I have one last thing to say, Frank, and that mm-hmm. is, I just wanted to thank you um, for your encouragement and support on that little solo venture I went on last week. Um, it's it's our channel, and you know you were gracious enough to let, allow me to do something on my own, which I think is great. And hopefully, at some point, you may do the same too. I will, I will. And you did such a great job. And as everyone said, you have the voice for narr- uh, for narration. But I think anyone with a British accent actually has a great <laughs> voice. You're up there with Sir David Attenborough. Hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Can I'm you sure just he'd say love that if he met me. The penguins march about 50 miles in order to feed their egg. <laughs> feed the egg? Yeah, whatever he says. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, from me, Frank Riker, and Sir David Attenborough over here. (laughs) As always, stick to the roads. And the best of luck. See you soon. Bye. Bye.